Turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. Maybe you've heard the question before, why can't we all just get along? Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41 is more of a descriptive passage than a prescriptive passage. But this morning we're going to read the text and I'd like to speak to you for the next few moments about disagreements and divisions. It's probably one of the most famous disagreements in the Bible that is spoken about. Much ink has been spilled trying to discern who was right and who was wrong in this passage. It's also a sharp exchange between two great men of God. And these sorts of disagreements can sometimes be a source of great consternation to Christians who ask the question, why can't we just get along? So we want to look at Acts chapter 15, verse number 36, and we'll read down through the end of the chapter. The Bible says this, And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God." And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. Barnabas and Saul, Paul now, had worked together with tremendous unity in preaching the gospel all all across Asia Minor. Before that, God had used them in the church at Antioch to see many people saved, discipled, and that church greatly strengthened. Barnabas and Paul had stood together at the meeting at the church at Jerusalem, describing the grace of God that had come to the Gentiles and helping to decide one of the most important theological matters that was before the churches to consider at that time. They had stood shoulder to shoulder. They were brothers, comrades in arms in a spiritual warfare. But in Acts chapter 15, we find that they found it necessary to go their separate ways because of a disagreement. It's a puzzling passage. People who say, can't we just all get along, have a hard time understanding why this is in the Bible. Why didn't Barnabas and Paul work it out? Why didn't they come to a conclusion? And perhaps even more vexing, what is there for all of us to learn from this exchange. I'd like to speak to you about this subject of disagreements and divisions. Two very simple thoughts that I want to share with you, and maybe you'll come away with a little bit more clarity about disagreements 
at the end of the service. First of all, I want you to consider with me this truth that disagreements are a reality. It is a reality that men who are spirit-filled, men who love God, men who want the very best in the kingdom of God and are seeking to advance the cause of Christ can at times have disagreements. We see here two men who, from every indication before this, knew what it was to walk in the Spirit. They were men who were committed to the cause of the gospel, and they had a disagreement with each other. Now, we'll dig into this disagreement a little bit more here in just a moment, but I want you to think for for just a minute with me about why sometimes we have disagreements. Certainly, there could be disagreements because of personality differences. And as we look across the auditorium this morning, there's all kinds of different people here with different types of temperaments. We know from what we've studied in the Scripture that Paul and Barnabas had different temperaments from each other. They had different strengths, and they complemented each other very well. And, for instance, we know that Barnabas, who is called the son of consolation, was a man who was merciful to a fault. He was known for giving people second chances. He was the kind of person who could come alongside someone who was downtrodden, and he could lift them up. He had a special gift of encouragement, and everybody knew that he was that kind of a man. Barnabas, of course, was committed to the ministry, but Barnabas was especially committed to men, and especially to men who struggled. In fact, it was Paul, when he was Saul, who benefited from this ministry of Barnabas when Barnabas came alongside him and vouched for him when no one else would. Barnabas certainly had tremendous strengths in his merciful tendencies and in his outlook on life. He had the ability to see potential where others only saw failure. He would see the opportunity instead of the risk. And Barnabas, in this case, wants to come alongside John Mark and give John Mark a second chance. Seems Barnabas could see the potential of this young man, and it also is possible that he wanted to help him because this young man was also his nephew, and he had a soft spot for him. Then there's Paul, and Paul is a different temperament. At least from what we can discern in the scriptures, Paul is a visionary. Paul is all business. Paul is pushing on to preach the gospel in places where it has not been preached. In fact, what precipitated this disagreement was the fact that Paul started looking around the church at Antioch and saying, everything is going pretty good here. There's a lot of places where there's ministry that needs to be done. Let's get pressing on. Let's get on with the work, Barnabas. Let's get moving and get back to what God has called us to do. Paul was not one to let the grass grow under his feet. He was not one to waste time. He was a man who wanted to be busy about the master's business. Now, depending on your personal temperament, you may look at this disagreement in Acts chapter 15, and chances are 
you have a natural bias towards which one of these men was right in this situation. Paul thought it was not good to bring John Mark to the work. For whatever reason, perhaps it was because he felt John had already been given a chance and he had failed. We don't know much about that failure. We don't know why it was that Mark had gone away from the work there in Pamphylia. We only know that it happened. We could surmise that it was because he became discouraged or perhaps because he missed home or perhaps there was some kind of a controversy in the ministry or something that set him aside. But whatever the case, Mark had gone back. And we could assume that Paul looked at him and said, I'm not giving him another chance. Or perhaps he thought it would not be healthy for the churches in Asia Minor to see John Mark again if, in fact, he might fail again. And he wanted to say to Barnabas, no, I don't think this is wise. Whatever the case, the Bible does not tell us exactly what these men were thinking. It just tells us that they had a disagreement. And I want you to understand that it's possible for us to look at an issue and based on our personality, we may see the answer to that in a different way. There's also plan differences that can bring disagreements, and these tend to be procedural. How do you do ministry? What is the best way to go about the work that God has called us to do? Now, both Barnabas and Paul were visionaries. They both had been greatly used of the Lord. They both had benefited mutually from their fellowship and from the ministry that they shared together. But I want you to understand that it's possible for good men to see opportunities differently. For them to look at an opportunity and one person says, well, I think this should be done or I think this should be done. And different men can have unique approaches to pursuing the opportunities that are set before them. These differences can include differences in philosophy of ministry. How do we go about doing the ministry that God has called us to do, or practical decisions regarding the operations of ministry. And within proper doctrine, there can be somewhat significant differences of approach. Men could look at things differently. So there could be personality differences, and there could be plan differences. But what I want you to understand is there can be, and likely will be, differences. When you bring people together and you are trying to do the work of God, there can be differences about what should be done. Now, in our text, I want you to draw your attention there to verse 39, because this disagreement about John Mark is described very specifically here. It says the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And what this means is, this was not a calm disagreement. This was a passionate disagreement. Both Barnabas and Paul felt very strongly about their position, and they were contending for their position. They were discussing with each other about the best way to go about handling John Mark. Both of them were strongly holding to their perspective on this issue, and they were not willing to change. You can see that the end result 
in verse 39 was that they departed asunder. Barnabas went one way and Paul went another way. They each chose a different companion and then went and did the work elsewhere. There was a sharp contention. Again, this is hard to understand. How can men who love God and love the work of God disagree so sharply that they have to go different directions? Well, I want to point out to you that this was, in my opinion, an honest disagreement between these two men. Barnabas really felt strongly that to leave John Mark would be wrong. Perhaps Barnabas had already even offered to him that he could come along and that he would work out the details of that because Barnabas wanted to invest in his life. And Barnabas really sensed that this was what God wanted for some more investment in John Mark, for John Mark to be developed more. On the other side of this issue, Paul felt very, very strongly that to bring John Mark to this trip would be completely wrong. And both of these men were presenting their point of view and and they were sharing, this is what I believe should be done. They both were assured that they had the right perspective of the problem. And it was an honest disagreement. In fact, it was such an important disagreement that for either of these men to give in on this position would be to surrender what they believed God's will was. And neither one of these men could in clear conscience step away from this issue and defer to the other. It was a sharp contention. Now, what I want to point out to you is this can happen. When two men can be be strongly convinced that this is the way it ought to be done and the other man says this is the way it ought to be done and on a matter of principle, neither of them budge because of their particular perspective of the issue. Now, I do want to point out that there's no indication in the passage that any part of this disagreement had something to do with envy, hatred, bitterness or some kind of a personal offense. This was really a disagreement over what is the right thing to do. I say that because so often disagreements that are framed as over principle are actually over a personal offense. And the Bible is very clear about how we should handle these sorts of things. The Bible is very clear, for instance, in Galatians chapter 5 that we should not allow the works of the flesh to have anything to do in our dealings with one another. Instead, we ought to be filled with the Spirit, and we ought to have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such, there is no law. We would presume, because the passage does not inform us otherwise, that God is not necessarily saying that either one of these men had the wrong spirit or were filled with the works of the flesh, simply that they had an honest disagreement. So then, as we've already noticed, because of the strength of each of their position and because of the disagreement that came, they decided we must depart asunder. Now, in one sense, this is sad. Because up to this point, these men 
had fellowshiped very closely with each other. They had endured tremendous trials together. They had been faithful to one another and had preached the gospel in so many places together. They loved one another and cared about one another. And certainly they owed one another a deep debt of brotherhood. But they also realized that this was impassable. They could not go on from this point because they so strongly held to the position that each of them had. In other words, it would be impossible for Barnabas to take John Mark and go to do what was proposed, and it would also be impossible for Paul to allow John Mark to come. So they couldn't come to an agreement, and the only possibility, the only conclusion at this point was, we need to go our separate ways. Now, the age-old question that comes to so many people's mind is, who was right, Paul or Barnabas? And if we ask the question to the audience this morning, some of you would say, well, I'm quite certain it's Paul, and you would have your reasons. And some of you would say, I'm definitely sure it was Barnabas, and you would have your reasons. It's a little bit unwise to have conjecture about an issue like this when the Bible does not clearly delineate who is right and who is wrong. That's something that's in the Lord's hands. Was was there some wrong on the part of either or both of these men? The Bible doesn't tell us. It merely tells us there was a disagreement. And the reason I'm pointing this out to you, well, first of all, because we're studying through the book of Acts and this is where we are, But second of all, because this is something that happens, this is something that takes place in the work of the Lord, there can be disagreements and people can come to an impasse and come to a place where they just are not able to reconcile their differences and both of them believe that they are doing God's will and are sure that this is exactly what God wants and neither of them can yield. Disagreements happen. In a congregation this size, it's likely that we could have disagreements with one another. It's likely that we could have things that we don't see exactly the same way. Differences are a reality, and disagreements are a reality. Sadly, disagreements will sometimes weigh in on people's attitude and perspective concerning Christianity. And that's the second thing that I want to talk to you about, which is really the most important thing this morning for us to consider, and that is that while disagreements are a reality, you and I must never, ever let disagreements discourage us from the mission that God has called us to. We must never, ever allow those disagreements to cause us to step aside from the work. Now, in the passage, I want to point out to you what happened to these two men, and then I want to make some application to our lives. First of all, I want you to notice the Scripture says that Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit more history or context about Barnabas and Mark. You may recall that Cyprus was the place where Barnabas and Paul first went on that first missionary journey, and they preached all the way across the island. Cyprus is also the place that Barnabas was from. 
That's where his hometown was. And of course, he was familiar with that place. And so it seems that they came to some kind of an agreement in their separation that Barnabas was going to go to a certain place and Paul was going to go to a different place. But Barnabas took Mark and he went to Cyprus. And, and really, at this point, we don't know anything more about Barnabas. We don't hear anything more in the scriptures about him. The Bible doesn't tell us about his ministry. We know that he continued in his ministry. And we know that Mark, in particular, really flourished under his ministry. And eventually, Mark came alongside the apostle Peter and received some discipleship and mentorship from him. And eventually, at the very end of Paul's life in the book of 2 Timothy, he asked for Mark to come and minister to him in what many Bible scholars believe were his last days. And so at that point, and that would be many years later, Paul could appreciate and see that Mark had distinguished himself in the ministry, he had recovered from his failure, and he had gone on to serve the Lord. He's, of course, used by the Holy Spirit to pen one of the four Gospels about the life of Jesus Christ, the Gospel of Mark, so we're familiar with him. Obviously, God's will was for Mark to be restored to fellowship and to be useful in the work of the ministry. We would propose this morning that Barnabas had an important part in that work, but what I want you to see is that Barnabas didn't stop doing the work of the ministry. Barnabas kept doing the thing that he was known for, which was coming alongside some struggling man and encouraging him and helping him and pointing him in the right direction until he was walking faithfully on his own. And that happened in Mark's life. Paul, for his part, says in verse 40 that Paul chose Silas. This is an important partnership. We know Silas is going to be an integral part of the work of the ministry that Paul is going to be engaged in. We recognize his name from so many other places in the scripture. Silas was a faithful man, a faithful companion of the apostle Paul. And we believe, based on some things that we read later in the book of Acts, that he, like the apostle Paul, was a Roman citizen which gave him some special privileges in the place where they were about to head, which Paul did not even know about yet. God had not yet revealed to Paul where he was taking him, but Paul and Silas teamed up, and look in verse 40, they departed being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Paul went to the church at Antioch. He sought the blessing of the church at Antioch, And they recommended him to the grace of God together with Silas. And they sent him to the work. And so he went there to Syria and Cilicia, working his way through the northern part, going on his way up into Asia Minor or towards Asia Minor, which is where he intends to go and continue the work of the ministry. So what we see is Paul and Silas were recommended by the church to this work. Now, it's not wise to try and decide which, men of these, which of these men was right when the scriptures are essentially quiet. However, it's clear in the passage that the church at Antioch put their approval upon Paul and Silas in the continuance of their work. And that work was returning to check on the newly established churches. We also see that the Holy Spirit puts a spotlight on Paul for the rest of his ministry. The rest of the book of Acts is going to be upon the ministry of the Apostle Paul. 
And so we see that Barnabas continues in the work and Paul continues in the work. But what I want you to understand is that neither one of them stepped away from the work. And we're going to come back to that thought in just a moment. Because now I want to make some practical application to our lives. What do we do when we disagree with a brother? First of all, let me say that we must be so very cautious about the motivations of our heart. We must make sure that bitterness and envy, pride, or any of the works of the flesh are not somehow mixed up in the position that we are taking. And this is much easier to say than it is to do because we have a tendency, even in taking a right position, to have a wrong disposition or to take things personally. That is, if someone differs from us, we feel personally offended that they don't see this from our perspective because after all, I am right. I know I'm right. I am right unquestionably. How could you not see that I am right? But of course, the other person feels exactly the same way. And so we must be very cautious when we have disagreements. I'll say, in your home, it's likely that you'll have disagreements, husband and wife. It's very probable that in your workplace, you'll have disagreements. It's quite likely that you'll have disagreements with brethren here in the church. It's very possible. It's more than possible. It's probable. And when we come to these things, we must say, Lord, help me to not walk in the flesh. Help me to yield to the Spirit. Help me, if at all possible, to to come to some sort of an agreement with my brother over this thing so that we can proceed on together in the will of God. So the very first thing that we need to do is to deal with our heart, with our motivations, because it is so easy for us to get caught up in the works of the flesh. But here's a second thing as a practical thought. And that is, when someone else has a disagreement, it's very unwise to take sides in that disagreement. You know, it's interesting to read the things that are written about this particular passage of Scripture and how even today people are taking sides with Paul or Barnabas. That's not really the point of the passage. And the book of Proverbs warns us that it's a very foolish thing to meddle in strife that doesn't belong to you. In a disagreement that is not your own, you don't have a dog in the fight, to put it in our modernism, in in our modern thought. Why get involved in a disagreement that has nothing to do with you? Be careful about taking sides. It's a sad thing when two people have a disagreement and then people come alongside them and ally themselves against one another over a disagreement that has absolutely nothing to do with them. Be very cautious about that. The second thing or third thing that I want to say is that it is doubly unwise to allow disappointment about some disagreement to keep you from serving the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I've run into people who said, I used to serve the Lord, but you know... I know some people who got in an argument with each other and they could never come to an agreement about what to do. 
And I decided if that's the way it is, it's not even worth serving the Lord. That is completely the wrong decision. In that case, the enemy has dissuaded you from serving the Lord. The enemy has used something that you should not have allowed him to use to cause you to step aside from the work that God has called you to do. It's very unwise. What I appreciate about Paul and Barnabas is that they went on from here and went to the work. You know, there's also something that I'll point out to you. And and obviously, we don't know everything that happened. We don't know all that was said or the attitudes or how it was handled. But we do have a fair amount of, of the scriptures that speak about Paul's heart, at least, especially Paul's heart, we hear. There is no indication in the scriptures after this that Paul and Barnabas became personal enemies of one another or that they began to go after each other whenever they would come to a church. And, you know, there's no indication that Paul got to one of the churches where Barnabas had been with him and said, oh, that Barnabas, yeah, let me tell you about him, what he wanted. There's none of that. Doesn't seem to be any indication of that. In fact, both of these men seem to have a mutual appreciation and admiration of each other. Even later, for Paul to invite Mark to come and work with him there at the end of his life indicates that Mark was not poisoned by any sort of poisonous bitterness from Barnabas' heart in mentoring him or training him because evidently Mark was open to coming and being there with the Apostle Paul. So one of the things I want to point out to you is we must be very, very cautious about these sorts of things and not allow disagreements to keep us from serving the Lord. I ask you the question this morning, who are you serving anyway? Are you serving men or are you serving God? If you're serving God then it really doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter whether you understand why two people disagreed with each other. It doesn't matter whether you think it was handled right or wrong. What matters is, what does God want you to do, and are you busy doing it? Don't allow these sorts of things to sidetrack you or to derail you from serving the Lord. All of us ought to be serving one another as if we are serving the Lord. But then, notice the goodness of God in the midst of all this. Because in many ways, these six verses are somewhat discouraging. Because we think, oh, these two guys couldn't get along with each other. They couldn't come to an agreement. They couldn't continue to work together. Oh, what a bummer. That's so sad. But notice how God takes something that seems discouraging and he makes it a benefit. So these two men are each powerful servants of the Lord. They both have been greatly used of God and they've been teamed up together. But now God says, I've got a different place for both of you to go. I've got a different direction for each of you to be involved, and God was able to take a disagreement, this honest disagreement, and multiply the efforts of the early church in preaching the gospel in places where the gospel needed to be preached. 
And that's the goodness of God. The goodness of God is that he can take two people who disagree, and they may have to go their separate ways, but if they each continue serving the Lord and keeping the Lord at the forefront of their goal and of their ministry, God is able to amplify their efforts by allowing them to go to different places and continue the work of God. You say, well, it's sad they aren't together, but it's wonderful that they found some other people to work with and they continued the work. And so it all depends how you look at this. Now, you'll notice that from this point, the focus is going to be on the Apostle Paul. Particularly at this point, the Apostle Paul is getting ready to go through a significant transition in his ministry. He's preparing, and he doesn't even know this yet because God hasn't yet shown him exactly what is going to happen. But in the following chapter, he is going to receive clear direction from God, which is going to redirect him from his ambition to go into Asia Minor and is going to call him to go instead into what we call today Europe. And he's going to go there and begin preaching the gospel. And God is going to do tremendous things through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Praise God for that. But I want to point out to you how careful we need to be not to allow the enemy to derail us or discourage us. It happens all too often. We get our eyes off looking at someone who failed. It happens all the time. People that you looked up to and respected and they, they behave in a way that's irresponsible or they do something that they shouldn't have done. It even happens sometimes where men who are in the ministry end up in sin doing things that they've preached against. And what is the result? Many people say, oh, If that's what it's all about, then I want nothing to do with it. Please don't keep your eyes on men. Please don't let yourself be discouraged from the eternal truth that you've put your faith in. Don't step aside from the task that God has called you to be involved in simply because someone has disappointed you. One thing that we know for sure is that if your eyes or my eyes are, are on men eventually they are going to disappoint us. Eventually they're going to do something that we think is not the right decision. Uh, They should have handled it this way. They should have done that. They shouldn't have done it that way. Listen, let's keep our eyes on the Lord. Let's make sure that we're serving Him and in such a way we'll find that we will not become discouraged and pulled away from the work. But then, of course, when we think about disagreements... And I know in your life, you probably don't enjoy disagreements. I don't think there's a one of us that do. Maybe there's a few rare folks in the auditorium who just love a good disagreement. I don't know. But most of us don't enjoy disagreeing with someone else. We want to come to some sort of a conclusion. But the reality is there will be disagreements. There will be times when we won't see things eye to eye. And it is so important that we work through those disagreements with the mind of the Spirit. Because disagreements are a reality, but we don't want disagreements to discourage us from the work that God has called us to do. And so we'll continue pressing on in the book of Acts, and what an exciting tale it is of what God does through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And we're thankful that this was not the end of the story for these men.